0: um so we were talking about the the present and the the difference between how how you conceptualize it and how you are almost like um impatient could the no 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 hold on uh not impatient but just you you focused on how you got here and where you're going and the present is present is a small slice of the intersection Mm. and for me the present is this vast playground the possibility the the place where where the future unfolds. So I don't know if it's maybe the same thing or it's a different thing. But uh, I think
1: it is the same thing. I just i I think that people live in the past and they're they're held to it instead of realizing that the future could be vastly different or exactly the same. Um, so people are bound or. Mm-hmm controlled, I guess, by their past. Um, they live there. Um, so the only, for me, the purpose of the past is a learning is kind of like education. It's kind of a, um, Oh, it's almost like the history and how we got where we are right now, but it's not as important to me as the future because the future can be different. If you do something today, obviously today matters because today is where you're living and that's where you are. But, I don't think many people spend much time in the present because they're either held to their past or dreaming of a future that may never happen because they are not willing to take the steps towards it. So present matters in the decisions that you make right now. So every decision you make today, even if it seems unimportant, actually does change your future. So one of one of the things that I reflect on a lot is what are the small decisions I'm making today and how is it going to unfold tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I try to help people with the most is like, okay, the past is important, but let's not spend a ton of time there because it's in the past, but tomorrow can be different because of what you do today. So I, I think we're saying the same thing. I just, I do spend more time in the future because I imagine a future and I can see the future very clearly. And what
0: are people as well as you,
1: well, with, with other people, it's mainly implications of what they're doing today and where it's going to take them in the future. So for me, I can see other people's future clearly when it looks like, like what they're doing today. So if it's positive, then there's a positive future. If it's negative, there's a negative future, even if it seems irrelevant. So, uh, a conversation, a an action, a, um, even what you eat, it's like all that stuff affects the future, even if it seems unimportant. Um, so I, I went through a thing the last couple of months where I've been eating a lot of Jolly Ranchers and I don't know I haven't had Jolly Ranchers since I was a little kid. Um, but for some reason, I think we were going on a trip this summer with the kids and I was like, man, I don't know why, but a Jolly Rancher just sounds great. And so, I bought a a small bag of Jolly Ranchers. Well, then I was like, I wonder what size Walmart has. I've never even looked at this. And so I went to Walmart and they had a five pound bag of Jolly Ranchers. And I was like, oh, maybe the whole family will enjoy this. Nope. I was the one that enjoyed it. And so I ate the five pound of Jolly Ranchers. And then I got this thing in my mind is like, that wasn't so bad. Let's do it again. I don't even know, like up until last month, I really couldn't tell you how many five pound bags of Jolly Ranchers I bought. And then I realized it like hit me that, wow, my future is not going to be good because I'm eating a lot of these dumb Jolly Ranchers. So here's what's funny about today is I have a serious craving for Jolly Ranchers and I'm doing all I can to fight myself not to go buy them. Like I'm done. I don't have any more in the house. And actually, here's what's really bad. It's like an addict. I've, I've walked around the house looking for some random Jolly Rancher that was left around, left, left laying there.
0: That's, um, that sounds hilarious. I I should probably <laughs> be more sympathetic with with your. Well, seniors. it's silly, but that's a, that that's sounds, a small thing. That's a small yeah, thing. I know, I know. But, but it's but still it important, sounds, it you know. Is. Huh.
1: And so, so I've been the last two weeks really having a conversation with my mind of like, all right, man, you don't need those Jolly Ranchers. What are you doing? But I promise you, there are certain moments that I, if I was in Walmart, I would just buy another five pound bag. So I've kind of avoided Walmart a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's, that's what I'm talking about. Those small little decisions that don't seem threatening end up overtaking our lives and that's everything. That's anything. That's a relationship. That's, um, what I would call or classify as sin, which is anything that falls short, anything that's imperfect. Um, I would, any little thing and so we we justify it in our mind saying oh it's no big deal but i can see the future even for myself i'm like wow yeah i don't want to work out i don't want to be physically active i don't want to do that and it's probably because i've been feeding myself over the last several months (laughs) jolly ranchers which i'm sure there's other things but i mean that's a small thing you know
0: yeah I was I was thinking as you were talking about this Mm -hmm. metaphor of uh, filling your cup with ice and water and have we we we've talked about this, right?
1: It sounds familiar. You got to refresh my memory.
0: So just uh, an old mentor of mine used to say that you can uh, you should probably first select the ice because once you dump water in there's no space for ice and Mm. water just takes over everything else. So kind of. put a put in your cup what you really want. And then you're going to probably have enough water from the melting ice. And then you can add water because that's the maybe the stuff that just creeps up on you or that's the stuff that you don't really choose. It's just there with everything that you're doing. So kind of deciding what you want in your cup, how much ice you want in your cup is something to be thoughtful about like
1: that's good
0: yeah it's kind of the other side of uh choosing choosing my intentionally and mindfully
1: and you don't know what you want in your cup until you've lived a little bit
0: for and sure so that's why
1: the past matters i mean you don't know what's gonna fill you and what's gonna take up space you know until you've lived and that's where the past is important But today and tomorrow, then I choose, what am I going to let fill my cup? That's a great, that's a great thought.
0: Yeah. And I guess things change as well. Like you might be really into Jolly Ranchers today and then tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> it might be her, she kisses.
1: <laughs> it could be. Well, there's yeah. nothing I've ever just stuck with. I'm, I'm a bad, um, I like change. And so I change all the time. So there's nothing other than coffee. <laughs> You're drinking that cup. So I'm like, oh, it's coffee. Other than coffee, I really, there's nothing that I just stick with forever. So because I like variety and change and new experiences and and some of it's nostalgia, you know, going back to your childhood. I mean, there's a few things in my childhood that I'm like, man, that would be really nice to experience again, you know. But but there's all these new experiences that come around and, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know.
0: So are the Jolly Ranchers connected to your childhood in any way?
1: A little bit. Um, there's different flavors now. So like, not like the the main ones, you know, cherry, watermelon, um, what's the lemon lime, or I don't remember Mm -hmm. what, which one it is, but, but then that, that blue raspberry, I don't remember that one as a kid. And I really, when I first started back in the summer, I thought those were the worst ones. Well, I'll tell you right now, the best one is the blue, uh, raspberry. Like that, that was, or the blue, whatever that, the blue one is. Holy smokes. It's so good. And so I'll dig through the bag and I'll put those aside. So nobody takes those, you know, if they dig in my bag.
0: <laughs> this is sounding like a serious, uh, mission here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. So, it's, but it's anyways, it's, it's, but yeah, I mean, I could say it's tied a little bit to my childhood, but, um, I don't really know why, because they're so bad on your teeth and it's really bad. I mean, really. I don't, I don't think there's any good in the Jolly Rancher. I really don't, other than just a moment of pleasure, you know?
0: You know, sometimes food is a way to nurture yourself in the moment, right? Right in the moment, I feel like uh, that's something that food does is, is almost like a cocoon of self-nurturance. It's one, one way to nurture yourself. And sometimes I think we get into these patterns of, eating or eating in in this in this maybe maybe wish to be nurtured in a way that's kind of uh, present and immediate and it might not be good in the long term because there's no jolly ranches is not a good long-term self-nurturance and yet yet you found find yourself going back i feel like that's probably true for a lot of people who who have access i think it's also about access right you mm-hmm. can you can always buy the next bag and so the discipline that it takes to to step back is so much more than the it's like the risk versus reward ratio it's <laughs> it's like the <laughs> it's like the the joy of the jolly rancher yeah outweighs
1: and it was very personal like it was just me like it was it wasn't anybody else but i skittles is another one of my things but i haven't had skittles in a long long time but christy and i used to sit every night and watch tv and eat skittles together and so for me skittles is a very companionship candy mm. it's and the sort of, emotional
0: tie yeah, to yeah. tie to the candy
1: yeah so it's it's a weird one but once we started doing some like um research on skittles uh you might as well just have a bag full of sugar that you just dump it in your mouth so it's very toxic for your body and you don't realize it because you have this emotional tie to another person uh, specifically christy <laughs> while we're eating you know big old bags of uh skittles and so um that's another one of those ones. I don't know why I go for the the three, five, ten pound bags of candy, but it's like uh, in Costa Rica. This was in, when we lived in Costa Rica. We we ate a lot of Skittles, and um, for a period of time. And so when I think about Skittles, I see them in the store, and it gives me this warm feeling in my in my the body. Warm, just fuzzy. Just feeling. looking at just looking at the bag, it gives me a warm feeling. So. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to put it in my mouth if i put it in my mouth it's over it's like game over but <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's this uh this immediate joy yeah.
1: that
0: uh that that the emotional so there is this emotional aspect of food that's that's incredible it's incredibly life-giving i feel yeah. because it's um tied to all these memories and the senses that are engaged when you are when you're in your joyous moment and so yeah. Of course, the Skittles, the Jolly Ranchers, they are all uh, perfectly made to tie into that emotional component, as well as they taste great because of the sugar in it.
1: Yeah. Taste the rainbow. I mean, that's their whole (laughs) slogan, and it's true. Um, I think the embodied experience of taste is interesting because it actually takes you somewhere, um, which is really interesting.
0: How about uh, you? I know you like blackberries, so is <laughs> it the same?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, the feeling of family and the feeling of uh, being in a place, um, specifically in the Pacific Northwest, um, that's really what blackberries do. But in the same way, and, and I didn't really make this connection until not too long ago, but when I was growing up, we would go as a family, my, my parents and my siblings and I would go hunt for, uh, berries, but I don't think they were blackberries. Uh, we called them deer ber- berries, but they're, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know what they're called, but we'd go was out this in, in
0: Costa Rica.
1: No, this was in New Mexico. Okay. And so we'd go into the mountains and we get thorns and you get scratched and, but we'd make all, we'd, we'd find all these wild berries. And then my mom would make jelly. She would like cook in the house and, the, the smell would just fill up the house. And it was like, I think it was called a boysenberry maybe. Um, and so she'd make this berry jelly. And anytime I think about berries, it doesn't really matter what it is, but anything that looks kind of like a blackberry, it takes me back to a kid. It takes me to the Pacific Northwest. And then in Costa Rica, they call them moras, which is a blackberry, but it's called mora and you go into the wild, just in the forest and they grow wild. And so you get stuck by thorns and scratched and then the reward is that <laughs> that little berry you know um and so I've, i'm gr- trying to grow my own blackberries and i've actually found the thornless blackberries so you don't get all scratched but i kind of wonder if that's part of the experience that i'm cutting out of the berry experience you know <laughs> so i don't know
0: do you have good berries Does yeah. it grow?
1: no it finally did after four years it finally this year Finally produced berries and so we we had a christy and i would go out, i i have a weird thing with the berries because i go out and talk to the plant i go make sure it's clean make sure there's no bugs on it um and i talk to it all the time and telling it that it's doing a good job and produce these berries you know well then over the summer uh, beginning of the summer especially it just like exploded with berries and so christy and i were out there picking them and if you eat it right off the plant it's so good but typically we bring it inside and wash it and then save it for a couple days and, and eat it. So yeah, yeah, we're finally, I think I'm finally there. It's probably not as producing as it could be, but in my in my yard. And I hope that it just eventually just covers my entire field. <laughs> it's just blackberries, you know? So that'd be fun. A lot of people think berries are just a, a, a nuisance, but those blackberries, but for me, I'd like it to fill my whole field. So that'd be fun, so. I wouldn't That's- say I have a green thumb though. I have, I'm not very good at keeping things alive, but I've worked really hard on these blackberries.
0: <laughs> That's That sounds like a nice, uh, nice future vision with uh, the fields of blackberries yeah. in the, in the backyard.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Cause you know, that the birds would come and they would eat the, the berries and then my kids and maybe someday my grandkids would be running out there trying to get the berries and you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can see, I can see it. So, and all the work is now, you know.
0: <laughs> the work is now. That's that's a nice way to to frame it.
1: So, but it is strange. I think food and you and you and Amaya have a gift when it comes to food and experience. Like there's some you guys. I'm sure you put work into it, but it seems to be so natural uh, for you for you guys to create a a. Um, a welcoming and a an experience, but it revolves around food and drink, and it's it's really fascinating because you guys are hosts, and it's a it almost is a supernatural thing because there's something holy and godly about eating together. Uh, there's something special about that, and you and Amaya do such a good job at hosting.
0: Thank thank you. Uh, isn't it like like from a Christian point like from a church Christian point of view, isn't there like there's always food and there's always blessings and there's always people eating together. Isn't that something that that we we in all cultures do like this food is part of every ceremony or Mm -hmm. everything that brings people together?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a gratitude of the gift of food and then you get to do it in community with, with one another, it almost bonds people in community. And I think that's why food is always tied to rituals and tied to, like you said, blessing and ceremony is because there's something about that moment that is existential, it's beyond ourselves. And it, and it, and it, and in a way, um, you know, scripture talks about it all the time about enjoying food, enjoying drink, enjoying company. Um, there's even specific ceremony around different festivals of, um, you know, food. And so whether it's bread or whether it's wine or whether it's, uh, communion, which the Christian church at large celebrates communion about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that is all tied to a meal, um, so that we can sit and reflect on what Jesus did. So I, I really think, um, throughout the centuries, food... Has been a source of joy and community and communion uh, Mm -hmm. for everyone, you know. And this is, I mean, millennia. It's been that way Mm
0: -hmm. because it
1: is a it's a source of or it's a it's a produce from your work, and it's a moment to pause from work and enjoy the labor, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. It's maybe the now of now of the now of i don't know what yeah. was i saying now it's the now of yeah, the uh, now of present yes uh as when i when i was growing up in india we had all these different festivals throughout the year and they were they marked like right, the rhythm of life like every time a festival would come around the food associated with the festival would be very specific very different like like in january we had uh we had sesame, uh, sesame-related sesame food. And I have these vivid memories of the foods and the rhythms of life. It's like the changing seasons and uh, the seasonal nature of, really nature of food. So it's also tied into like changing seasons and kind of uh, page turning in, in like the progression of life so i feel like food becomes such a big part of who we are and then there is jolly ranchers which is not seasonal <laughs> <laughs> and yet that's there is this brief moment of pure absolute joy right <laughs> yeah
1: right i um living in costa rica is very similar as far as the seasonal experience around different foods and even the crops and the different fruits and vegetables that were available seasonally. And I wonder if being in the United States, um, changes the expectation of the season because you can almost get anything time in the year. Um, that's not always true. There's a few things that are seasonal here as well, but you can almost access anything throughout the year, but in Costa Rica or maybe in India, it's very specifically tied to season, you know, there's specific fruits that only come about during certain seasons. There's, there's specific vegetables that are only available during certain seasons, even, even dairy and tied to, um, cheese and stuff like that is all tied seasonally. Um, and, and it's very, very stark as far as the, the difference between the celebration of food internationally and then here in the States. I mean, we people here in the States do like to party. I think I don't think that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more of the the gathering around a food celebration is always it's always very important. The food is always important, you know. Um,
0: True. And I think in the year, we have like the Thanksgiving meal. So we do have traditional ritualistic things, but then we are also a melting pot. So sometimes these things are so are so much bigger because we are we are not as local as we are in india culturally because we have like these mixing pot of so many different cultures right that it's hard to it's hard to have one mm-hmm. one local food or one specific thing because there's so much always going on but we do have we do have rhythms and we do have we do have these seasonal things that come along with, with winter and spring and Labor Day and 4th of July. And mm-hmm. I think these are all like pauses in the passage of time.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the staple here, and this is what my friends in Costa Rica think, is that Americans only eat hamburgers and hot dogs. And so that's the, for people internationally, well, at least in Costa Rica, it's that that's what Americans eat. And I was like, well, there's other food than that. That just seems to be the celebration food, you know, <laughs> the the hot dogs and hamburgers, you know, the easy cookout I, stuff,
0: the easy food there. Yeah. All all the cultures have the easy food. Yeah, that uh, the street <laughs> food or the easy food that uh, that is quick and convenient. And then right. there is this elaborate baking and all the things that we have.
1: Yeah, the the Thanksgiving at my, my mom's family was, oh man, it was a, a big event. And, um, I, I would get, as a kid, I would get sick after a day of Thanksgiving. And then the next day it was the leftovers. And then there was so much food you couldn't enjoy at all. It was just too much and it's heavy. There wasn't anything light about it. You know, so so for me, when I think of Thanksgiving as a child, I'm like, oh, man, that's just sick days.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. But everybody's great cooks and everybody bakes incredibly. And all my aunts and uncles and all the cousins getting together. It was just like, wow, it was a lot, a lot of food. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, thinking about scripture when you were talking about enjoying food. Uh, Ecclesiastes is a book from uh, written the person says he's the preacher, but many people think it's Solomon, uh, the wisest guy that that ever lived according to to scripture. But um, Ecclesiastes 8.15 says this, so I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. And so pausing to eat, drink, and enjoy life is the rhythm. That's the rhythm that is recommended (laughs) for a happy life.
0: So, So is the Jolly Rancher your pause?
1: I don't know. I think it could be, but I don't know how to just have one or two.
0: (laughs) No, I'm for sure not recommending (laughs) another five pound bag. It's just too uh, hard to stop. No, no, I'm Uh, not recommending. I'm just introspecting (laughs) with you.
1: (laughs) I think there's other things that could be my pause, and they probably are um
0: the blackberries
1: the yeah but the, i think the jolly rancher the thing that i maybe that is the the most destructive of it is that it's a individual thing it's not community um you know we don't sit around and in, in a group and eat jolly ranchers but if we sit around a table and eat you know sushi or <laughs> that spread you guys had last week at your house it's like that that's the kind of stuff that that is a communal and actually good thing that's a good pause uh, the Jolly Rancher is very selfish and individual. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: But it's not bad. I mean, if you like Jolly Ranchers, then that's fine. I just, I just know that for me, it became too much.
0: <laughs> I'm, I, I feel like we have been picking on, or I have been picking on your Jolly Rancher all. No, all I, of pick this I pick on myself. I Pick on myself.
1: Yeah, I pick on myself because it's uh it's my indulgence that I need to let go. So,
0: will you uh, have another one? Do you think it it will just you just have like you let go of one and then you almost get to something else which it could seems uh, yeah which seems okay in the beginning. It could I think be. we all have some of those things, right? All those things that are not perfect, quirky, and uh, that we could we could easily live without
1: yeah well i think the weird thing about jolly ranches for me was it had been over 20 years since i had even had one um and i think it's because i did maybe back when i was a kid you know you get them you wouldn't share and they would tear your mouth up and so in my head was it's going to tear my mouth up so i didn't have them didn't even want them but for some reason this summer <laughs> i just couldn't stop myself so anyway it's just interesting
0: mm. So you were talking about kind of this uh, before we started recording this this, this church uh, and the uh, community that it brings and the good, the bad, sometimes not so good about mm-hmm. the church. And I don't know why I keep coming back to it as we've been talking about something completely different, but I was curious about, you know, it sometimes feels like you you almost worry about about what the what can go wrong yeah so
1: i think um so i'm my life is the church and i love it it's it's a it's a deep passion of mine and i think <clears throat> my calling has been to create community um and i've been, and I've been able to do that in Central America, Costa Rica, Panama, and other places, and then, and then coming back to the States. Um, I think when you're in it, there's a tendency to not acknowledge and recognize the, the flaws and the, um, the dangers of hurting people. And I think when you get, the thing about faith is it attracts people that are looking and searching and it can be very, very beneficial, and also very, um, you know, um, empowering to come together and work on situations in your past, find hope for the future. Um, of course, my my revolving experience has been around Jesus, and we may have to have a whole another podcast about why that is. Um, but my experience has been all around faith in the man Jesus that is God. And when you create a community, and I think this is where my fear is, is that uh, many people have come in and used religion as an abusive thing, and as a control thing, and as a domineering thing. And yet that is the opposite of the message of Jesus, the message of Jesus is freedom and peace. And so when you are in a community of people that are looking to follow a specific um, faith pack a uh, path there's always abuse and I think if you' if you're not aware of it and if you don't look at it maybe from a big picture you will allow or or fall right into the trap of abusing people and so um, as a pastor for example you you you're interested in people taking steps forward and many times people don't because people do what they're going to do and they everyone has their own choice. Well, then you can take it really personal. You can take it. Um, you can be offended about it. You can try to control, and then you've lost the mission. Which is, I'm not. I'm not the changer. I don't. I don't change people. That's someone. That's God's job. You know, that's not mine. Um, he's the hope giver. He's the. He's the one that that enlightens the mind and the heart and the path and calls them to the path. So, when I look at churches in the country around the world. I have this feeling that many are broken because they they are not a refuge or a safe place but they're more of a controlling unhealthy place. And so a lot of my experience uh, here at my at our church is to ensure that we have freedom and and love and that's the guiding principle of all. We actually we actually have a main mission that we we accomplish. And that's what we try to do every time, which is we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. That's really our whole mission. Um, because a lot of people go to a church because of a person, because of a speaker, because of a music, because of uh, programming. And really, when I love someone, I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to have community with them. When I want to lead someone, I can't lead them without loving them. And it's always about them. It's about, it's not about me, it's about them. And so a lot of my, a lot of my, it's not fear. Uh, it's more of awareness of the dangers of celebrity culture and celebrity church. And that wasn't the mission of Jesus. He was not a celebrity. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. he was, he was a nobody, uh, but he gave his life for everyone. Um, he actually laid it down and died. And so, um, and I think that's the, the overarching, we need to be reminded all the time. Hey, come back to the, to the basic of what it is. Um, and that's why, you know, food and community and togetherness and one anotherness, that's all the, the power in a faith community is I'm not alone. I'm only alone if I choose to be alone. Um. And so when I when I listen to a podcast about church abuse, or if I listen to a podcast about pastors with scandal, and I listen to a podcast about a church falling apart, um, it saddens me because it weakens the overall mission that uh, that God has for the world, which is hope, um, nothing but hope. And so Mm -hmm. there's way too many little nuances and little conversations along the way. But one of my passions is to strip everything down to the simple, simple, simple fact that Jesus loves you. That's it. And so a lot of churches overcomplicate it and a lot of churches spend a lot of time doing a lot of other things. (laughs) And at Bethel, Mm -hmm. at our church, we have nothing else to talk about or even mention with other than Jesus. We don't have anything else. And so when people come in, it's refreshing. It's, it's simple. It's not complicated. Um, Humans are the ones that complicate things, not, not God.
0: You know, sometimes, sometimes when you are, you have a simple message, if it's abstract, sometimes people will interpret it in the lens with the lens that they have on or the glasses that they look at the world through. So I feel like maybe <clears throat> and sometimes when it's kind of in a specific event tied to a specific event, it's almost easier to really follow follow the abstract if it's tied in to, to an event. Like I was thinking about your blog and Christie's cancer and kind of it's tied very clearly to a to a event, a life event that happened and, and yet what you have brought out of that is a lot of abstract kind of writing and abstract uh, thinking, which, uh, which is on, on the blog that you have had, as you have worked your way through, through this process. So I was, I was thinking, how is it different than kind of leading in the church? the blogging the writing that that you do and i have been i was thinking about it so i'm curious what you think about it
1: i think you're right um i think one of my uh, because of my life experience uh, i grew up in a pretty dogmatic uh religious environment uh, which was very black and white and black and white based on a person's opinion and so people got really good at following people instead of thinking and understanding what, what God wants for their life individually. Um, I think we, we tend to become tribal and I think that's very human. Uh, we separate ourselves into camps and then if someone doesn't think or act like we do, we reject them. And, and when I grew up in that environment, it really concerned me, even getting older, I asked a lot of questions and I was always a little rebellious about it because I really thought, man, life experience is so individual. And of course I'm going to see the world through this lens of, of my experience. And so as I, (laughs) it's accidentally, um, stepped into pastoral role, which was not, not what I was expecting to do with my life, but I found myself everywhere I was, whether I was at work, whether I was at a business meeting, whether I was at whatever, I found myself trying to love and lead people. And so it, I just couldn't get away from it. And so as God opened doors and I began to establish, you know, um, faith community, I, um, I don't, I'm, I'm very, very clear and aware not to make it black and white dogmatic. Because what happens is people end up putting their faith in the rigid and the way of doing things instead of understanding the bigger picture. And so there's, there's conscience, for example, if something in your conscience is wrong, don't do it. If something in your conscience, if your conscience allows it, it doesn't make it right, but it doesn't make it wrong either. And so in religious systems a lot of people want to say well if you'll do this this and this then you'll be good well that's actually not always true because i could i could drive i could get in the car and i could drive to work respecting all the laws i could stop and yield and let people in but in my heart if i hate people it doesn't matter how well i drive and so there's this internal struggle and so when i look at scripture Jesus spoke in what's called parables, he spoke in abstract, and it was very confusing because what he would do is he would leave the message for someone to be curious about, curious enough, to begin exploring and asking questions. And so a lot of what I work through in my own life, and the way I lead people, is I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to give you this idea and a roadmap, and if you're curious enough, and if the moment's right, you'll begin walking down the roadmap. You'll be you'll begin asking questions and figure it out. Um, but there are moments on the journey where some people really close to me, even in the faith community, I can see that they're stepping into danger and I will give them a black and white answer of that's dangerous, you know, but that's not everyone and that's not always. It's very individual. Um, and so I think you're right. I think my blog is exploration of, uh, emotions in my own journey, but then also providing some kind of hope for someone else that could be going through this, but not necessarily the same way there's no one lives the same experience. You know, even Christie's experience and my experience with her cancer were completely different. And yet our experiences interacted, they, they connected, they, they intersected in many ways, but I processed it completely different than she did. Um, I wasn't the patient. I was the caregiver. Um, So there's a different approach. So if I said, well, no, this is what I'm feeling. So you should feel this way too. That would be wrong because she's the one getting injected with chemicals. She's the one that's been cut open and had surgery on. She's the one that had life. She was hanging on the balance of life. And so her perspective and her emotions is different than mine. And I can't just say that she should experience the same. And then it would be the same with anybody else walking through life, just because someone else is a caregiver like me, there's principles. I think there's overarching principles, but I can't tell someone what exactly to think because I'm not living where they live, you know. And so that's why like if you have a phone call with someone or a text with someone or you you encounter someone and they just seem to be off. There's something wrong. We can either judge them and say, ah, oh, they're just a jerk, or we can step back and say, I wonder what else is going on in their life for them to respond this way. There must be something happening and I'm gonna give them grace. I'm gonna give them a pass, you know, to for this momentary. Jerkiness, <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. and I think that's overarching. It's a little unsettling to a lot of people because a lot of people want instructions: one, two, three. Do one, two. There's three. safety
0: and comfort in knowing the path and being yes. almost. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to be lost or hard yes. to be exploring nonstop, and so to know the recipe and to have that product at the end of it is comforting and reassuring and,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and really a lot of people love that. Like
1: they, they just, the majority of people love that. They
0: just want that. But I think the problem with, the problem with
1: faith though, and this is the, maybe this is the abstract side of it, just because you do ABC or one, two, three doesn't mean that you'll have the same outcome as someone else. It's not like cooking. Um, if you have the right ingredients and you follow the, the instructions, you'll make a great cake. But that's not always true. And you can even taste cake with people that have done the exact same thing. And for some reason, there's people that are better at it than other people. Um, there's some people that are better cooks and there's they're doing the same stuff. And so I can go to school. I can learn your techniques. I can learn the way you do it. And yet me as an individual, I'm either going to bring some kind of love or attention or some kind of... Um, Oh, uh, discernment, maybe, maybe just my own flair that's going to make it different. And I think that's how I'm not saying faith has its own individual flair because my faith is based on one person. And I think my whole life is to point people to that one person. But your experience and the depression and emotion and happiness and joy, I can't copy and paste that between people because that's not real. Um, but community coming together, um, encouraging one another, loving one another, walking with one another, that is something we can all do. And I think there is a very clear, um, future for happiness. Uh, if you don't, if you want to be happy, get around people. If you want to be happy, serve people. If you want to be happy, um, find community, eat with people, you know, but if you want to be sad and you want to be lonely and you want to be depressed, well, stay home. Drink.
0: No, no, don't I, have community.
1: I, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm just saying yeah. be alone. So there, there is a, there are principles.
0: I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to agree to the uh, alone. In, alone is necessarily bad.
1: No, I'm not uh, saying alone. There's people that need to be alone to recharge. But if you're alone for a year without interacting with humans, you're going to be in trouble for your health
0: possibly possibly (laughs) (laughs) we can keep talking but it's almost towards the end of it and i'm thinking about one thing that we are are pulling out the pearl from the ocean of talk that we have had in the last 45 minutes and i am thinking about what is what is kind of the thing that that we can pull out like in the last few minutes that that we are going to record this, and I'm thinking about self nurturance the mm-hmm. Jolly Rancher being, being the symbol. Being find your the Jolly symbol.
1: Rancher, find your
0: Jolly Rancher, and maybe uh, find your Blackberry because there you go. <laughs> Jolly Rancher is something that you're trying to get away from. But finding your <laughs> Blackberry and uh, finding your community and finding. Finding community and faith is what we've talked about, I think.
1: Well, and I think the friendship aspect of life, I can say this with confidence, friendships make life way better. And, you know, deep interaction with people, with humans, really improves life. Um, And so, you know, from all the, like you said, the ocean of of content or conversation friendships matter um, and and you can't have friendships unless you're friendly. <laughs> you really can't. And so you got to be open to it. So
0: yeah, and flexible and do a little give and take and mm-hmm. kind of uh, see the, the walk with the other person with, with their experience for a little bit and then be able to share your own. I think it's a give and take reciprocal relationship, uh, which is wellness based and kind of being well and living well is what we both hope to do. Yeah. So that's kind of the kind of the passion underlying the podcast. Man, that's great. Which is I've trying learned something, to be well.
1: I've learned something about myself today, just in the last 45 minutes, you talking is that I guess I am abstract in a lot of my communication. And it's interesting to hear it and then actually understand what what that means, because I, I always thought that I was very direct in my communication, but I think you're right. I think a lot of my reflections and communication are abstract because I don't pretend to know the answer for every person. Um, and I, maybe that's the, maybe, maybe that's good. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how that's received, but that's, I'm willing to walk with anybody through anything. And I won't always give you the right answer or the or your mm-hmm. own answer, you know.
0: Well, there's more to explore for our next podcast. Let's pause for now. This is Ray. Oh, this is Swapna. and Ray. <laughs> we can I say this is
1: Ray. This is Swapna. That's good. That's fine. <laughs> no,
0: I was going to speak for you. This yeah, is Ray it. and Swapna uh, signing off on today's podcast for the hopes and dreams. Dreams and hopes.
1: Yep. We love... Talking through life and swapping it's been a joy. I'll see you next time.
0: Thank you. Bye.